If you will turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews, that's right. And the Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How many of us know that God will reward us if we seek him? In spirit and in truth, the word says, to worship him and to give him praise and honor. This is what we're doing here today. And I'm going to get into that today because it's, it's an awesome, you know, it's an awesome uh, message that we have here. If you would join with me in prayer, pray for me, but not only for me, but also for those who are watching and, and us who are here today. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We come to you, Lord, with a humble heart. We come to you in, as a body, Lord, praying. We're here to receive, Lord, that next portion that you have for us, that, that we may increase in faith, Lord, that, that will allow us to walk, Lord, in that firmly in our faith that you've given to us. Lord, I only ask not only for myself, Lord, but I ask also for those that are here with us, Lord. Anoint their minds, anoint their mouths, oh God, their hearts, oh God, that when they leave here, Lord God, that they will take a blessing with them. They will take bread with them, Lord God, and they will share that bread with others, Lord. I'm talking about that spiritual bread, the word of God. And you, everybody said, in, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise God. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. God is so good. And I think the message of today is it, it kind of touches on that because uh, it speaks on faith. The Bible declares that God is the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9, 6. And he, and in, he says he's the comforter. In John chapter 16, verse 7. You know, it's important to know God's word. Um, it's uh, <laughs> When you go out and share God's word, there's going to be a testing of your faith. And if you don't know the word, you're going to buckle and you're going to find yourself in a, I'm going to say in a uh, kind of a little bit of a tie-up. And But if you know God's word, there's there'll, there'll be no tie-ups. If you read God's word consistently, God will bring back scriptures to you that you never thought you'd remember. And he just seems to melt the walls away of those who at times want to, and I'm going to say, you know, I don't want to call them the adversary, but we know it's the adversary that comes against their minds. And again, again it's the same scripture, but here the Bible says because the, these things are attributes of God. These two pieces of scripture, which I just mentioned is Isaiah 9 and 6, and John chapter 16, 7, and they say, knowing that the meaning of this first one, the everlasting Father, the mighty God, would be born to be our Lord Jesus Christ, is the Prince of Peace, as it declares it. And then the second one gives you an understanding as to how he is the Prince of Peace, by what he says he must do. And listen to this, John 16, verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient, meaning it is beneficial. It is something that you're going to receive for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. It makes total sense, you know, from God's perspective why he, he did this for us. At first, I've heard people question, well, it makes no sense why a God would, who is superior, su superior and over everything would just die. But I think we understand the sacrifice of, of the Lord Jesus Christ the more we live for God. It makes sense. He, he, wants, he, wanted to give us, he wanted to give us peace. 
even though he, he, did, he did go away for a little bit, it was not for very long. It was shortly after that that he left, and I say three days. And, of course, he, um, it, it, when he resurrected, he resurrected, we know that he resurrected in power. And that image, as I, as I pictured these two pieces of Scripture, it just, I, I, all I could say, I, I was kind of in awe. And all I could say, this is a masterpiece. And then as I said the word, again, masterpiece. And, it, you know, it, it, just, it just rung so well. It just sounded so well because he is the master and he also brings peace. But the very thing he did and he created is a masterpiece for us. At times we don't understand it, but when, he, when we're finally said and done and we're in it and we start to feel the moving of the spirit of the Lord upon us, we, we realize that God is good and he's always been for us. A truth about God, God responds to faith. How many of us know that? God responds to faith, and, uh, and we know that he does that because he's done it from the very beginning. Uh, he, did it, uh, he did it very much with, uh, even with Adam and Eve. And he was, well, how? He never spoke about faith. No, but he did say what for them not to do and what to do. And because they did that, even though it was, it was, it was, there were commandments that God did give them, there is still a, a, a something that would be considered a faith or a belief, I should say. But we know that the enemy took that away but it was only for a moment. You know, I prepared during the week today, and, and I said throughout the week for this teaching, and as, I, and as I usually do, not that it's any different, you know, I, I tend to look at the Scripture and I start to meditate, you know, on the Word. You know, and, and m- many things come up and many things I don't write down, and I've learned not to write some things down because they kind of don't, sometimes when you look at the whole picture, it doesn't make sense. And, um, and then you wish you hadn't erased it because it would have made sense. And, uh, and that's, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting how God brings those things, to, those things together. Excuse me. As I meditate, I know that God begins to share things with me. But as he does that, I know that he can do that with anybody else who is seeking his face. I believe this happens to the people that uh, are saying with all their hearts that they want uh, a, a a relationship with God, and they're trying to find their way to the best place that they can be with God. And when they find themselves there, they don't want to leave that place. And then you have some that are going to come to that place, and they're not going to like it. It's, it's going to be, and not that it's a strong and it's a hard place, it's just that it's not to their liking. Some of these people will, at times, they'll be, you know, they'll be dependent upon other, other things that, are, that their, their, their world is centered by. We try to center our world with, with God. God has to be before us at all times. And from the moment that we wake up in the morning to the time that we go to sleep, if for some reason we, forgot, we, we forget to pray, we wake up with a conviction thinking, Lord, I forgot to say goodnight to you. It, it, you know, it's, it's something within us. It's, it's that relationship that it, we don't want that separation. We want to stay close to what it is that God wants us to do. And doing that, um, <clears throat> some of the things that separate us or cause us to go uh, in different directions, some of them, you know, for some of us at school, some of us are, you know, still going to school. Others are uh, concerned more about bills than anything else. And I used to be there, so don't feel bad. And then for some of us, it's kids. Our kids can kind of sometimes pull us in a different direction. Not that we forget about God, but some of us can become overwhelmed. I know that it's happened to me, you know, and so on. And I won't add too many more. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if I sat here and I asked everybody, everybody would come up with one. I'm like, hey, how about this one? How about this one? And it goes on. 
but anyhow, uh, with that said, I believe that we should strive to do our best to always put God first in everything that we do. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's, and, and I, when I go to work, and I'm, when I say work, I'm talking about everywhere that I go, I speak to my people, and I say my people, <laughs> I call them my people because they're my clients. I talk to them about God. And uh, there's been times when people, you know, some of them don't, don't receive, and that's okay. But I've had, I think I've shared where I've had instances where I share my faith with them. All of a sudden, they're leaving there, and they're talking about praise God. And I said, yes, praise God. Thank God. Yes, thank God. And so, you know, there's a, something that rises from there when we share. It's, it's a, it rubs off. It rubs off. Things that I believe, you know, of faith, starting to pray. You know, we pray in faith uh, for the schooling of our, you know, things that we, we add. And when I say put things in perspective with God is schooling. Uh, you put your bills in there. You put your kids in there. Anything that you foresee in your schedule, you add it in there and you give it to God and say, Lord, I need you to guide me today through these things because they seem a little bit overwhelming. But I know that if I give it to you, you're going to allow me to overcome these obstacles that they seem too hard for me to overcome. And God will do that for you. In doing so, we begin to mold our, our day for God. We, we, do, we so do it in, in faith. And we, and we believe, and we say, I say that because I believe that. I would think that everybody would believe that, would say, you know what, if I am going to put God first and I'm going to use this to mold my life towards God, I want to mold myself into God. I don't want to mold myself around God. I want to be into God. And, and we want God to mold himself into us too as we, as John the Baptist says, as I decrease, he increases or he increases. Things that, you know, and these are just little, little notes here. Some of us, as we drive to work, I think we know we spend enough, I spend enough time alone in my truck or my SUV thinking of, uh, of what song to listen to next. And I, I believe that is when you're alone is one of the best times to connect with God. It is, it is your time alone. Nobody's there. Nobody's going to hear you. And, and you can just, I, I speak to the Lord as I'm speaking to you guys right now, just like, Lord, you know, you know, I, I was, I didn't, I, I, you know, Lord, oh, my, I, you know, Lord. And he knows. He knows. And, and so in doing so, I've now opened up myself to him. And so he's like, I, I know. And you can feel, and I mean, you, can, you, you, you will literally feel the presence of God. God is, is with us. He, 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 he sees you when he knows that you are trying to be a, of a sincere heart. He wants, to, he wants more than anything to be in your life. You know, he's, he's our father. Praise God. I didn't mention earlier, but I was going to say our experience is usually greater when we are uh, influenced by the things of God. And uh, it can either be listening to God's word, praying, praying for someone. Uh, I like to hear sermons. Sermons, are, are they move me in a way to where I feel, uh, you know, my faith is brought forth, and it's it's just, uh, you know, whatever it is that happens, happens. Uh, if you see me driving down the road and I'm crying, you know what's going on in my life at that point in time. He's connecting with God. That's what it is. Nobody's hurt my feelings, trust me. <laughs> it's it's become a little bit difficult to hurt my feelings now. I, I kind of just, somebody's trying to hurt my feelings. I, I get I get talked to a certain way, you know, numerous times, and I just look at them, and I'm like, okay, are they mad or are they, I'm not sure. Maybe they're confused. Something's wrong in their lives. But it's not wrong with mine, so I'm just going to be like, okay, yeah, sure. Absolutely, I can do that for you. 
So, and I'm, and I'm talking about, you know, people in general that I talk to. It's, and it, it's, it's not here. <laughs> it's not here. So, uh, it's nobody in the, in the, so, you know, it, it God, you know, I put God first. How would God want me to respond to this person? I have to respond with my faith. The faith that I believe that I am to uphold. But in doing so, by searching out God, God begins to comfort us. He begins to strengthen us. Uh, he simply just, at times, just wants to let you know that he's there. And if we embrace that, then God then, again, I mentioned earlier, God responds to faith. And, and, and when we, res we say God responds, I'm saying God responds to faith is because we trust in what God is doing for us. And that is good. But, what, but do we have, this, and this is the question, do we have the faith in us as we should? And I know the question is like, well, what do you mean by that? Are we lacking in anything? At least is the one, uh, the, the one thing that I, I actually pray to the Lord. And I said, Lord, if there's any lacking in me, if there's something that's missing in me that I can't figure out, or, or you see it, or somebody else sees it, Lord, have them, you know, let me know. Have them mention something to me because I, I want to make it to heaven. But I'm also going to want to mention to somebody else. If I see somebody kind of, I'm like, hey, brother, hey, sister, hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, that doesn't, uh, you know, there's something going on here. And I just wanted to mention, yeah, is everything okay? And I don't do that often, but maybe I should. <laughs> I won't come to you. How's that? <laughs> if that makes you nervous, I won't do that. All right, moving on. <laughs> All right, so at least uh, this is one of the things that, I, you know, again, I mentioned I prayed for. I asked the Lord to give me what I need uh, in doing so. The Bible says that, that you have to be not, I'm saying that you have because you ask not. So if we ask God to give us, he's going to give us. And he's going to, and we know that he give us, gives us abundantly. It's not, he doesn't shortchange us. He gives us what we need and uh, because he wants to make sure that we're going to be okay. Faith is, is something that comes to us all. It's, it comes as we believe in something. And hopefully it's something that is, you know, uh, it's conducive to our spiritual growth with God. Because it makes things much more easier for God to transform us for him. But what happens when there's no change? What, what do we do? An instance, what do you do, what, what, what I do to prepare for, some, for something should reflect some kind of improvement of what I am working on, or at least it should. So if I'm, I'm looking to improve myself in something, I mean, and the world does the same thing. If you're going to become a mechanic, you're going you're gonna to continually do something and practice it over and over until you get really good at it. The same thing comes with prayer, and I think prayer is one of those things that we, uh, at times it's, it's, it's one of the most powerful things that we have, and at times it's neglected. It is neglected. I won't share my prayer life with you, but uh, if you want to know it, I, can, I will let you know. You might be a little surprised because uh, <laughs> let's just say God is good. God is good. This goes for everyone with, uh, with anything. Uh, you know, if you believe in something that then that in having a faith in it, then God is going to do what he is going to do with it. But it's still, you still have to do your part. And when I mentioned earlier about, um, I mentioned uh, Abraham. Abraham also, we know, that, we know that God spoke to Abraham and he said to him that, you know, he told him to walk before him perfectly. And, and, then, and he said, and he would, he, would he would make this covenant with him, this pact with him. And but however, but he says, but you you got to make this, you know, if you work perfect, walk perfectly before me. This pact is going to be here, and from what I see, Abraham, I don't see anything about Abraham other than 
the bondwoman, and uh, but I believe that uh, that wasn't. Uh, the Bible says that God winked at certain things at at certain times, and we're past that at this point. The word complete. And I'm bringing this up because I should have brought this up forward. This goes uh, to everyone I mentioned earlier. So this message is, is the, the faith that made the whole. The word complete or whole refers to restore back to its original state or back to what it was before. When a car is restored completely, and I know by cars because I've worked on them and I worked at body shops and so forth, you know, you, you, you completely take it apart. Whether if you're, I've seen cars where they dip them in acid and all rust, all bondo comes off and there's nothing left. And that's the scary part. That's what you don't want to find. You want to find a car, a complete car when you dip it in acid and it comes right back up. So, uh, because then you can carry on from there. Otherwise, you've got to go buy another car. Nobody wants to go buy another car. I know that I do. <laughs> Especially if you spent like $30,000 on it. If anybody's ever done that, it becomes a little heavy. So during the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was in the midst of the people and they still had to have faith, even though Jesus Christ was there, there was a faith that they still had to uphold. And so people were coming to meet him. People were coming to talk to him. Uh, they were excited to know that he was in the building. As we know this, because in Mark chapter 5, verse 24 through 34, Jesus is on his way to the home of Jairus, and who was one of the rulers of the synagogue, who fell at the feet of Jesus to come and heal his daughter. So he's crying out to the Lord. So the, the Bible says in verse 24, and Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians. And I'm making, a, and, you know, making some emphasis there. And had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So this woman spent all that she had, spent all that she had, and it got worse. And then in verse 27, and when she had heard of Jesus, she came into press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him out about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Who touched me? Sorry. Actually, no, it said, yeah, 31. And his disciples said unto him, thou seest a multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? So they were kind of questioning the Lord, and like, are you serious? You're asking that? But in verse 32, it says, and he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, known, I'm sorry, knowing uh, what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And then in verse 34, and he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And then Luke 8, chapter 8, verse, uh, 8, chapter 8, verse 48 and I, I, had a, I had a copy of this one because I, I knew there was a, a little bit more meat in there. And, it, and, and he said unto her daughter, the same thing, be of good comfort. Thy faith have made thee whole. Go in peace. So the word comfort, he, is, he was telling, uh, your comf the, the word comforting is to go with courage and be confident. 
So he was telling her, You're, the Lord himself told this woman who was healed by her own faith to walk confidently, your problem is gone. How many of us would like to hear, and, and, and you know what, when, when someone speaks to us and someone says, hey, you know, God is going to handle your problem. God is going to handle, if we, if we receive that, God can handle our problem. But if we say, okay, then you've just dropped the ball of faith. Let God operate in that. Let God work in that. Let him get the glory in that. And in doing so, you'll be blessed. What a relief it must have been for this woman. I'm only speaking on, you know, because uh, there's times where I've been through some hard times. But for 12 years, you know, uh, I've, I've been in pain for three hours, and I'm, I'm hoping that it's gone. And uh, 12 years, like I said, it's, it's quite some time. Of course, now I know how, how to address, you know, my situation, but still, it's at least somewhat controllable. So if I could just for a moment just kind of reflect on this. It says this woman, this certain woman who Jesus calls daughter, a woman who was 12 years, uh, you know, 12 years in her sickness, she paused at the central question of what she would have to do to get well. She was thinking, what do I have to do to get better in this form? So she was, she was building something up within her to be able to step forth and do whatever it was. She made a series of proposals, but it seemed none of them would work out, at least she thought, at least for the moment. And I think all of us have done that before. If I could just ask him to touch me, but he might not want to touch, uh, touch someone like me. And if we're aware, if we read the scriptures, Leviticus we're not to touch, I'm sorry, in, in, the, in the times of the book of Leviticus or, or Moses, you could not touch someone that was in that condition because it was considered unclean. Anywhere the person sat, it was considered unclean. If you touched the person, you were considered unclean. And there's a process that you had to follow. Uh, you know, there was a washing and there was a day going down and come up. But guess what? If the person is family, you're unclean the very next day. So... It made it difficult for us all. And, again, this is why, you know, the, the more you think about it, the more you start to wonder. Another one, what if, you, if you could just ask him to say the word of healing, you know, over her. If she just said, Lord, Lord, just, just, just heal me. But the question was, her concern, I wondered if she wondered, would he even listen to me? Because she was a woman. You know how back in the day, women were not really, they were not people of voice. If I could uh, just touch his hands, but, I've, but I'd have to get close enough and his... We, I think we've read in Scripture where anybody, anybody got close to him, they were pushed away or they were sent away. The blind men were told to be quiet. The children were told to get away. And imagine this one, a woman, unclean. So she thinks of other ideas. I could just touch his garment, but to get that close, I'd have to be stronger and more favored and all the worth than the people around that is the mindset. That was a thought back in the day. Her thought rambled in her mind, I am weak. I am a woman. I am unclean, which makes me not worthy. Not worthy. If I could just touch the hem, though, of his garment, that's it. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. A little hope, you know, hope began to stir in her. Obviously it did because we know very well that she began to either walk there and just push through the crowd, but we know she didn't go over because 
the Bible says that she grabbed the hem of her garment. Now, I can imagine is that she's on her knees trying to cut through the people that are already throng against Jesus, and she doesn't care whether she's going to get stepped on. She just wants to get healed. She is in, she is, she is in a position where she is desperate. It's been 12 years. She knows of a healer that's in the house, and she just wants to be taken, delivered from this plague. And how is it that she does that? She grabs his garment, doesn't even touch him, doesn't even touch him. Praise the Lord. She takes that leap of faith, that newfound faith that she's healed, but there is a bit more. I'm going to take you back. It says, in, in, in this faith, I want you to... Just, just think of the miraculous moment of this event that took place. I read the scripture earlier, but in verse 30, it says, The Bible declares to us that Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched me? Jesus was making a point. He knew something was happening to someone, and he, he could, he, I'm pretty sure he knew. He was just asking the question to everybody, and he, and he wanted somebody to stand up and say, You know, it was me. But the Bible says that she didn't do that immediately. Her faith, but the Bible, but what happened to her was this. Her healing allowed her to be healed because her faith was, I'm going to say, perfect at that moment. At that moment. We know that God responds to faith. And when the woman touched Jesus, Jesus could not deny the flowing of his healing power because it would go against his word. And we know that God does not change, and God does not go against his word. Her faith was perfect. It was the perfect conduit to, for a feeling, uh, I'm sorry, a, a healing moment. It was so right in the moment that Jesus felt it and said, who touched me? The disciples again, the Lord see, you know, they, they see, Lord, look at the multitude. How are we going to find out who this is? And again, he wasn't, he wasn't just asking for anybody. He was asking for someone and it could have been anyone, but Jesus knew. In verse 32, it says, And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. He's like, oh, you're the guilty one, but in a good way. <laughs> it was, but the woman feared and trembling, knowing that what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Lord, it was me. I touched the hem of your garment. I'm the unworthy one. I'm the unworthy one. I'm the unclean one. I'm the one that can't, can't come near you, Lord. I'm the one that touched your garment. And then he says, Ooh, praise God. <laughs> this daughter, this certain woman was told by Jesus himself. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith you who think you're unclean, you who are dirty, you who are not worthy, you who crawled on the ground to reach and while everybody was on top, you have been made whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. You're delivered of your plague because you are now, you are whole and now you have peace and it was your faith and you believed in me and you knew something was going to happen. But you didn't stop there. When I spoke to you, I said, who? And you still stepped forward and you fell to my feet and you praised me and you worshipped me and you're whole. And God began to speak to me. You know, we all go through things. We all go through 
hard times, but then we also all go through, some of us go through some good times. And I've heard pastor preach, and he says, hey, you know what? We've got to worship God whether it's bad or whether it's good. It doesn't matter. When God comes back, he's not going to pick and choose. He's going to say those are worshiper, 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 worshiper. He's not going to, he's not, more money, more money. No, no, it's none of that. It's the worshipers he's going to take. Those that worship him in truth, in spirit, and in truth. In these instructions, oh, I jumped a little bit ahead. I apologize. And it said, I will add, uh, you know, just, to, just to deter, something that determines your faith and your place in the Lord. Second Thessalonians, our actions do speak for us. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. Uh, whereunto you, whereunto he called you by our gospel, meaning the good news. To the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught. In other words, the instructions that I have given you. The ways to live that I have given you. This is, this is also the, I'm pretty sure it falls into the epistles because we, we have the gospel, but we have all the other instruction that comes after that. And he says, whether by word or by epistle. I should have finished that. And then it says, these are, I wrote, these are instructions as we might better understand. Verse 16, it says, now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and have given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work, word and work. Again, word and work. Samson, I'm going to mention him just a little bit. Samson was a little bit, um, and I, I'm mentioning this Samson because Samson was of a different time and a different era, but he's still part of the faith because God used judges to, to bring forth his judgment with certain people, and he was one of them. But Samson, if, if we recollect, uh, he had long hair, and there, was, there were three things that, that uh, he was not supposed to do. He could not do. And the very last thing was uh, that he broke was cutting his hair. He cut his hair. I mean, well, I'm sorry, he didn't cut it. They cut it for him. But since he gave the information to someone, he might as well cut it himself. So sometimes that's there's another there's another teaching, I guess. Uh, sometimes we need to not say certain things that way. We don't get caught up in it. So and you know, while he was talking about that, uh, there was um, I began to remember a a preaching uh, that, and again, this is this is a Spanish one. So if you like Spanish, you can find it. Uh, his brother Mark Dross, he, it, it, the, the, the teaching is vuelve a crecer, which, which means it begins, it grows again. And he was talking about faith. And he was talking about how uh, Samson went through all these things and, and, it, and great damage came because he couldn't protect the people while he was in jail. Uh, and he did before he went in there, but the fact of the matter, he got put back in there. And his last act is what pretty much decimated everything that God wanted him to do from the very beginning. And how God orchestrated it, it's beyond me. But he is God, and he set the rules, and he set the, the stage. I'm going to say it that way. And so here we have uh, Samson who has got dreadlocks, and they're cut. He's no longer strength. He's got, his strength is gone because he, he did something he wasn't supposed to. But over time, the Bible says that his hair began to grow again. And his hair was a representation 
of the standard that God had given him to live by, which was part of his faith. So part of his faith was somewhat restored, but he also called out to God, Lord, give me strength. Give me, give me this one. And so God gave him that strength because of what he had. You know, obviously his hair was restored as well, but there's when we cry out to God and we obey the scriptures as to what God wants us to do and how to do it, uh, we're blessed by that. We are blessed by that. I didn't, I didn't mention it, but Samson touched the unclean. Of course, he also married a woman that he was not supposed to. Uh, you know, those are the two. Uh, he was also Nazarite. I'm not, this is not to say that men can wear long hair. This, I'm not saying that. This was for the, I said, a time in that, for that time and, and moment. Uh, but with that uncut hair, I'm sorry, with that cut hair, he, he lost his power and his strength. You know, um, I like to poke my, my people's brains, and I poked my family's brain yesterday. And I'm always curious on what people think about certain things. And so uh, usually I don't, my wife's thoughts are usually like mine because we're one flesh. I'm going to believe that. Amen. So if you're married, that's why you think the same. Maybe not always, <laughs> but sometimes. So faith, uh, you know, we all have, uh, some of us think of faith in colors. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. I won't say who it was, but it was beautiful. I thought, you know, it's, it's a lovely, you know, image of faith. And uh, God is good. He's, and somebody thought of him as powerful, great, and uh, that God can do anything. And the, the, the faith of a mustard seed, I said, praise God. And uh, the other one was, you can pretty much figure this one out, walked upright and perfectly <laughs> before the Lord. That's the one that I would have spoken on because that's who God, I feel, God wants to speak of. Many of us at times, were, you know, we're confronted in our past. People try to talk to us of our faith. And, um, and I want to say that before we came to the Lord, uh, you know, we fought a lot. How many, of us, how many of us fought a lot before we came to God? I was a fighter. I, I'm not going to lie. I think I've shared with you guys where I was bound to prove that scripture that it, that, or that I was right and it was in the word. But guess what? It, it wasn't in there. So I lost miserably. I think I've shared that. And, and, and that's, I think that's one of the beauties of God. God will still give you mercy, love, and grace as long as you say, okay, you know now this is above you, right? Yes, Lord, it is above me. It is more than above me. It is above me and it crushes me. And, but the crushing is a good crushing. Somehow it becomes difficult to find out who, who God is when you start walking for the Lord. And for some reason, I don't, I don't know why that happens. And a lot of people will throw in the towel and they'll give up. And, I, and I'll tell people today, if, you know, if they're watching on the media, if they listen to this, you know, I, would, I want to encourage them to not throw in the towel. At times they're going to find themselves saying, this is too much. It's not supposed to be this difficult. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which, which go in thereat. Which is, meaning it's wide, it's easy to get in there. And then because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. There won't be many that find it. And the Bible does speak on that. So I encourage everybody, you know, seek, that, seek the narrow. Don't seek the easy. If it's hard, man, there's a good reason why it's hard. It's difficult. But you know what? The Bible says that through our tribulations, there, there are, something arises out of us. Patience arises out of us. 
you know, and, and through that patience, there's endurance. And then endurance is, we just preserve, we keep going, we keep going, and we will finish the race. Don't throw in the towel. God works, you know, works for us. I stole something, Brother Pearl. He doesn't know I did this. <laughs> God's word amplifies his kingdom. It amplifies his work. And it allows us to work more abundantly. Again, I mentioned it. <laughs> In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, or verily I say unto you, If ye have faith of a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to your yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And I want to I I speak that into you right now. And I want you to know that this is something that is true. This is Jesus speaking to us. Not to go in doubt. Hebrews 11, 14-16. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. That is... A heavenly wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he hath prepared for them a city I think we know the scripture where God says he goes to prepare a place for us but he also says that if we endure in you know if, if we hold strong to the faith if we don't if we faint not then we are assured of this promise if you stand with me today we're going to sing a song. We're going to give God some praise. Not because we just decided to, but because he did something for you. And because he did something for you, something, God is looking at you. He says, you know, I did this for you. He's looking around. He's pointing at every single one of them. He's pointing at me. He says, what are you going to do? Are you going to? God wants glory. God wants praise. He wants you to recognize that what he has done for you is not something small, but something great. Praise the Lord. If you sing with us today.